What's up, everyone? This is Society of Kingdom Minds, and I am one of the hosts, Joshua T. Berglund. We are live right now on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. You can find out more at livemanaworldwide.org. And just so you know, it's mana with one N. So it's L-I-V-E-M-A-N-A worldwide.org. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I've been here, but uh, I am so excited to be back. I've missed you guys. We are live in Oklahoma City right now, but here we have my lovely friend, Caroline. What's up, Caroline? How are you? Where are you at today? You're on mute, sister. There you go. <laughs> I am well, thank you. I am joining you from Manchester, United Kingdom. Wonderful. Welcome, welcome. Thank and here's you. Dr. Ruth. How are you, Dr. Ruth? Where are you coming from today? The Great Republic of Texas. <laughs> I brought my, I wore my Sooner shirt. <laughs> well, I won't get too angry with you. My, my brother-in-law was a okay person at one point in his life, but okay is just okay. I, uh, <laughs> I vary on the down low route for Texas uh, when they don't play Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma State who I cannot uh, tolerate very much. All right, Pastor Carlos, where are you coming from, my man? Welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad to see you guys, uh, especially Joshua, after some uh, weeks uh, with you. Uh, so I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I'm from uh, uh, California, Southern California, uh, USA. Um, thank you. No one's going to hate on that. And then here <laughs> he is, the one, the only coming from Oklahoma right now, as a matter of fact. As a matter Dr. of fact. Dr. Guy Henry. What's up, Dr. Henry? Good to be back. Good to see you back on uh, on screen with us. Um, so yeah. yes, I am coming from just around the corner from where you are in Oklahoma City. Today is my last day. It's cold here, but yeah, I can deal with that for one more day. Yeah, I'm, I, it's cold, but I'm going back to colder here in a couple of days, yeah. so I'm not going <laughs> to complain. Uh, and as and everyone watching right now, as you know, this is an interactive broadcast, so you guys feel free to ask questions. You guys comment along. Uh, what this is is an inside look, behind the scenes look of making of a kingdom course. However, uh, I got to be honest with you, just working through this, working this out, the conversations that we have, and even the weeks I haven't been here, um, I feel like I'm I'm learning just as much working through what will be on the course as what will be on the course. So the finished product is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a, a thing that you're going to want to share uh, with your friends from all over the world. And, and here's why. What we're teaching here is going to prepare you for the new world. And to me, that's exciting. So, Shion, great to see you. Welcome. Um, Dr. Henry, let's, um, let's just jump right into it for the sake of time. It's 12.05 here locally. And I know that you have some great content prepared, so I don't want to waste any time. So let's get in it. Okay, let's get going. Today we're going to start our, um, or you know, our, our look at our overview of our fourth and final module, which we're calling culture creation. And um, just a little bit of background: I I love studying culture. Um, as a missionary or missiologist, which I like to, to bring in there every once in a while because of the in-depthness of what that word really means, I have found it to be, uh, in reference to culture and culture creation, um, it, uh, that's, that's a very, um, what can I say, principal factor as a leader um, who desires to have significant impact. When we can not only understand culture, but then take a culture that exists and create a subculture, um, then we're going to really begin to have what I believe is true kingdom impact because the kingdom of God is a culture. And, um, you know, that's what we've been talking about all, you know, throughout these several weeks. So I'll start out with a couple of statements that may or may not, um, you know, get some conversation sparked if you're, if you're ready, Joshua. Let's do it. <clears throat> okay. Um, culture, not vision, not strategy. Culture is the most powerful factor in any organization. Not to take away from the importance, obviously, of vision, 
or the importance of having a strategy. But if we, if if the culture is toxic, if we can, you know, that's a that's a a word that's been thrown around a lot lately. Mm -hmm. If a culture is toxic, the vision will stay. I'm going to just say it this way: it'll stay a vision, not a reality. If the culture around us is toxic, how can a vision really be accomplished? So I think a lot of times leaders in general confuse culture with vision and strategy, but they're totally different. We've talked about strategies. We've, we've talked about vision. But now today I want to talk about culture, which is basically, and we'll cover it again, culture is the way we do things here, wherever here is. Mm -hmm amongst whoever we're in. So there is culture everywhere. Right. I'll, I'll throw that out as kind of an intro and see where our, our panelists like to take that. Carlos. Hi. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Guys, this is live. So, I mean, I was excited about this because of our, well, my own training. But if Carlos wants to start, I will bow down gracefully. <laughs> I, I want to give Carlos a chance to talk because if not, he's not he's not going to say anything. I can tell you've not been on because Carlos has been talking quite a bit lately. Mm -hmm. He's been on fire. Carlos has been on fire. Good. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I was really uh, amazed. I, I was thinking about this statement that the, the culture is that the simple definition of culture the way we do things and you can uh, explore uh, the way we do things in every area of our life and you can compare better and, uh, and be more uh, open to understanding upset another way people do things so that is, is going to prepare us to, to live with the trans, uh, multicultural uh, uh, reaching of the, of, the, of the gospel Yes, very multicultural when we understand it that way. Dr. Rue. Are you sure? Yes, okay. ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I want to just say there are many types of culture. There's, there are more types of culture than there probably are languages because of the many facets of life. So you have financial culture, religious culture culture, business culture, family culture, sexual culture, um, home and family life culture, kingdom culture, age culture, and it goes on and on and on. So culture, Dr. Henry mentioned about uh, toxicity within a, an organization, keeping the, the vision from going forth. Uh, that is as, as a result of groupthink, which is culture. Culture has to do with, it's not just that one person, it's the people that they are connected to and surrounded with. And that's why I mentioned different areas where you see culture. Um, like you have, I tell my, my children all the time, I have, uh, I have um, some Gen Zs, but most, I have half Gen Z and I have half millennials because I have a, <laughs> I have seven children in case you didn't know. But um, nonetheless, with my children, I tell them, I said, the way you all use certain words, it did not mean that when I was coming up, or I was your age because that's an age difference. That's a uh, difference in age culture. And so the toxicity comes in with the vision not getting off the off the floor. And I love this part because we see this a lot in close knit groups, whereas the leader will have a certain thought or opinion about something and that attitude and that environment or atmosphere that he or she portrays, it begins to jump from person to person and create a culture or what is known as a group think, how the group thinks in essence. It's very um, simple. Um, and so how to undo a negative, a negative or a toxic environment is to begin to infuse, a, you know, work on the attitude and have an attitude or uh, create an atmosphere of positivity. It's like when you go to Chick-fil-A and I'm not putting a plug in. When you walk in Chick-fil-A, you usually will be greeted with, hello, how are you? Or something to that are that effect. And what you get when you get your um, order, they always end it with, it was my pleasure. 
So they have created a culture of positivity from coast to coast, and they are known for that. So the culture becomes what are you known for? What is that group or that? And, and so multicultural, that can be a culture within a culture. You know, I have a Don't culture. Don't go too far a, ahead, Dr. Ruth. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Like, like you all You're may not know. This now. Like you all may not well, know. Well, you know, my culture, you look at me, you say, oh, this is a, a, a black woman from America, uh, from America. My family is Jewish. Yeah, my family is Jewish. And so it's a culture within a culture, you know, and that's an ethnical culture, you know, ethnos. And so I'll yeah. stop there because I can talk about this forever. But go ahead. I'm going to be nice. <laughs> you always are. We're live, guys. I know. I'm a sweetheart. Caroline, I know you have something to say about this. Thank you so much. With culture, I wanted to bring about three points. One is every organization has a spoken culture and unspoken mm -hmm. and un culture. Yes. There is culture where people will tell you, this is how we do things here. And there is that part of culture where you have to observe mm -hmm. to see how they do things there. No one will ever tell you, but you will just notice at some point, everybody does this. Or when something is said, this is how people respond. So that is the, un, it, it could even be unwritten because it's not even in policies. Like you can't write yeah. everything right. with the organizational policy. Mm -hmm. So it's very important if you are new in any organization, or if you're building any organization and you have certain people coming in, that they are aware of what the spoken and unspoken culture is. The second thing I want to talk about is the insider versus the outsider. The fact that someone has been in an organization for so long doesn't mean that they are an insider when it comes to the culture. Because there are people within organization, which is the third thing I want to talk about, and they are the culture custodians. Nowadays, we call them influencers within our circles. But, you know, the right word is really the culture custodians. When they say th something, and they, they could be leaders, but they're leading from behind. And all of a sudden, whatever these people say goes. Doesn't matter what the manager says. Doesn't matter what the senior management team does. Someone's phone is ringing. Is that a real phone? And not it's a cell phone. Right yeah. Mine. I'm not home. I'm not in my studio. So we don't know. You know, we're open to anything. So it could be someone's phone anyway. Back to my point. It's like very important angry. for people to identify who the culture custodians are in an organization. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. It's right very important for people to identify that because those are the people who, if you want to change certain cultures in the organization, those are going to be your champions. Very good. Wow. That's good. That's good. Good. Joshua? Dr. Henry. I don't really have anything. I don't really have anything to add that hasn't been said. Okay. Well, as always, these ladies, well, all, all, all three of these guys have a tendency of responding to one thing that leads us right into where, where I want to go. So it almost mm. makes it sound like I'm following them. <laughs> that's so, what happens that's, when you have so much wisdom here. I'm telling you, I get to, I get to <laughs> learn as well. You know, that's what I love about it. So I'm, I'm going to make a few statements and so we can get, um, you know, to another place to, uh, you know, kind of throw some things out there. But vision and strategy, as we mentioned, vision and strategy primarily focuses on products, services, and the outcome. If we think about it, we, we have a strategy, we have a vision because we're focused on, on a product, a service, some, some form of outcome. <laughs> but culture is always about the people. And those are some of the things that we're already saying. And of course, we all understand, at least intellectually, that people are our most valuable asset in any kind of an organization, group. Um, and so, but I think sometimes we too much, that's, forgive my English, um, <laughs> my lack of it, uh, 
we 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 know intellectually that people are our most valuable asset and we have a tendency of not necessarily giving enough credit to the fact that that's part of our culture it's the atmosphere it's it's the air and you know you as caroline was saying in a sense you can be an outsider and you can still sense is that air clean is that you know is that atmosphere a healthy atmosphere are people um, do people have an opportunity to to thrive and, and help the organization um, succeed? So if that atmosphere or if I can say that energy vibration, you know, that 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 vibe, as it were, <clears throat> um, is toxic, then, you know, vitality just starts to fade away. Um, inspiration stops. Conflicts begin to increase creativity deteriorates and so it's important that that atmosphere that air that culture is a healthy culture i want to jump in real quick can yep. you have can you create a culture of purpose meaning the culture is in your environment in your company the way you're set up whether it's ministry you you're selling a product or you're it's all about personal development can you create a culture where the focus is is elevating everyone there into their purpose. In other Absolutely. words, positioning them where they are their natural God-given talents, positioning mm -hmm. them where they can shine. Because is can toxicity and purpose exist in the same environment? I believe they can. And let me tell you why. It's it's not healthy. But you think yeah, about that's the key. you think you think about uh, uh, us as people, you know, as kingdom followers, as Christ's kingdom followers. Mm -hmm. um, we are the scripture says we were born into sin and shaping in iniquity, and so every day we are working out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. Let me explain that verse: soul, mind, body, spirit. Every day we are transforming or changing from one one place to another we are becoming better or more like what christ has already said we were and so uh the more we grow in him the more the toxic or the worldly things or the things that are not like christ begins to dissipate from our lives and the more we begin to step in the purpose in which he has called now let's translate that into a bigger uh a group or a community or a company or a church or whatever when you think about that it's it, it's like um you would pay attention to great leaders, pay attention to those that are connected to them. They pay attention to their tendencies. They pay attention to uh, their, their, their talents. It's like the scripture that says train up a child in the way he should go. So when he's old, he won't depart. What that is, is pay attention to what that child has a knack for. Pay attention to what that child gravitates to and push that hone in on it. Go and pay for them the skill to, to sharpen that talent, to grow that talent. You are reaching mm -hmm. into, you're pushing them in purpose. Take it back into the group. So you, you're paying attention to those that are around you and you're teaching. So the 12 taught the 12, taught 12 went up and on, those that turned the world upside down. So we're, we're teaching those around us. We're looking at what they have a, a preponderance or propensity for, what they're great at. And we are saying, oh, you you have a wonderful art skill or you did a great job with those uh those posters caroline you should really maybe uh dig more into that you're mm -hmm. seeing that maybe this is a talent that she didn't realize she had she thought oh it's just something i learned but maybe she actually has a skill at it so you are you are even picking their curiosity to oh well maybe i can do this and right. so that begins to develop because that person then they see that someone else is paying attention to them that has a voice or some type of authority or uh, some type of influence over them and so then they want to go explore and learn more and to sharpen and develop that skill themselves as people in different organizations and so that's how mm -hmm. the toxicity can move into purpose because you know it's like the eagle the higher the eagle goes other birds and things can't go up there with them because at certain altitudes other things can't live and exist same thing with toxicity. Certain altitudes, mm -hmm. it just can't exist. That's really good. You brought up something that reminded me of when I first got my my first opportunity to speak. I I had it took someone else seeing that in me to give me the opportunity because I never saw it on my own. 
I mean, wow. maybe in visions and things like that, I saw myself doing it, but I didn't know that I actually, that that was something that I could actually do or, right. or much less host a program or anything like that. I didn't know it was possible, but someone else saw it in me and mm -hmm. said, you need to go do this. <laughs> Sing actually, and much, culture, the to do it. Much, much of our culture is really taught by other human beings. You know, we pick these things up or we reveal those things because we're in those relationships. So that is what develops the culture. We learn culture from different people. Yes. So your family has a culture. Uh, I think yes. Dr. Ruth was saying, you know, um, I even heard, I wasn't going to share this because it's not mine, but I, I did hear from uh, uh, another um, leader who shared that um, an elevator has a culture. And so you open up, you're the first one in the elevator. What do you do? You hit the button and you go to a corner. Next guy that comes in, he opens <laughs> the door opens, hits the button. Where does he go? He doesn't stand beside you. He goes to the other corner. Especially the now. Of the elevator. I dance an elevator, yeah. so I don't know. And then once there's four or five people, well, then they start, then they start connecting. And, but that's the culture of the elevator. When there's, until there's four people covering four corners, I mean, that's just what people do. So we learn these cultures by other human beings. And just going back to what you were asking, can both exist? They do. But the better we train ourselves to be culture creators is how we can clean up that toxicity. Um, I would like to say something about toxic environments. Uh, by definition, a toxic environment is any place. It could be in your home, it could be in the office, it could be in the church, it could be anywhere where people's productivity is hindered and their well-being is not taken oh, care of. Yeah. So anywhere where your productivity is hindered, doesn't matter how great the person is outside, how well they speak, if they are hindering your productivity, that is a toxic, toxic place for you. If you're a parent and you're hindering the productivity of your child, as, as, um, as Dr. Ruth said, that you're not looking at their areas of strength and always pushing them uh, to do things that you want to do, that is a toxic home. If you are in a place of work where your boss does not recognize your strength and is always pushing you in an area where you are forced, I would say forced in quotes, to use your weaknesses and therefore show you off as a non-productive person, oh, that is yeah. Very good. environment for you. It doesn't mean that you are uh, a loser or not a good worker. You just need to find a good environment where the team that you work with or the leaders that you have uh, do things or pro, uh, promote your productivity. Someone once said that, um, I can't remember who it was, it's been said and shared all over and I think we kind of forgot who said that, that people don't resign from uh, uh, jobs, they resign from working from leaders mm -hmm. or managers. And yep. so the reason why is that so is because an organization in itself, a name, a building, desks, and all that doesn't create the culture. It's the people there. And if you're working under anyone, um, if you're serving under anyone, whether it's a church in ministry, whether it is in an office, in a, uh, or even a, an entrepreneur or family, where you are actually protected and guided to serve, you will thrive there. Your well-being, yes. mental yes. health will thrive. You'll have good mental health or you will have wellness in your mm -hmm. whole body from mind, body, and soul. And if you work in a place where you are not appreciated, your productivity is hindered, yes. and you keep on second-guessing yourself, then that is a toxic environment. I know this because I worked once in a toxic environment. Yeah. I'm sure we all have. <laughs> I've created a few <laughs> and, and worked in them too. So. <laughs> Like I'm Carlos, feeling you this conversation because it's it is a an area of growth that I'm working on personally, mm -hmm. but in my previous stint of being a boss, I created a very toxic environment. But then again, I was toxic too. 
and you know, and wants, and I love what I love about the Lord is that he only gives you what you can handle. And that's the theoretically or what we consider good things and, or, or, or even bad. Like not all of us can, can truly, truly handle a $10 million check. We'd like one, but maybe mm -hmm. we can't handle that right now. That's right. You know, and yeah. I, and I, I remember that over the course of the years after losing everything, I thought, golly, God, when are you going to give me back some money? Well, I didn't <laughs> like, when am I going to get back on my feet? I'm tired of struggling, but I didn't, I hadn't learned about being a good steward yet. And also with finding, uh, you know, as far as creating a new environment for that, uh, a new culture, you know, that's an area that I get to work on with relationships, because as I've shared before, relationships are not an easy thing for me. It, they've become very, very complex, and we don't need to get, go into reasons why or any of that. But it's an area of my life that I'm working on where I'm extending this bubble that I live in to invite people in. Because one of the things that's very, very important for me to go where God wants me to go, I get to learn how to create a solid culture within the organization. Yep. Good, good. And you know what? You consider culture. We attract, we attract people to us based upon what we are putting out. And mm -hmm. so it's like it's like in a company uh, or any type of organization where there's a group of people, a different personalities. Um, and I love something, Caroline, that you said about people, you know, and this, that is a statistic that I read and have used before. Um, whereas you the people leave the boss and not the company. I remember being a part of a group where they were constantly bashing, I mean, literally bashing and saying horrible things about ministry leaders. Well, me being a, you know, minister of the gospel and me being called, that's one of the part of my businesses, my business rather is to help ministry leaders. I recall getting so infuriated because it did not create a culture that was accepting to those that were in ministry. Mm. And so I had to leave because that leader fostered that culture and you can have a set of written rules this is this is the written culture you can have a set of written rules in your in your handbook that every employee every member views and signs are okay but then if you when the person walks in the room and you're that's the unwritten culture that you're creating and that mm, shouts absolutely. a lot louder that shouts and speaks a lot louder than anything that's written on paper. That's creating the toxicity and saying, we don't accept you. You're not a part of us. So and that, that can be. That, to, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that comes, that comes from the inside out. That, that's from someone who has influence in the group. But it's mm -hmm. especially, it's especially uh, toxic or, or, or commanding of the whole organization when it's the leader that's fostering that they're saying one thing and they're doing something else. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's where you have the vision. Everybody says, well, this is how we do things here. Well, that's great. That may be what it says, but let's go into the office or let's go over here to the other side and find out how people are acting when they're not in front of the leader. And that's mm -hmm. where you're going to find out where the real culture is, mm -hmm. which, which leads us to, I, I wanted to mention a little bit about subculture because, you know, number one, we, we must realize that culture is not based just so simply on race or, or ethnicity, ethnicity? Um, if that's the right word. Ethnicity. Yeah. Uh, that, that word. That word. <laughs> um, because if, as we, you know, develop this understanding of culture and that everything has culture. You know, your family has a culture, your church has a culture, as you were saying, and within that, those cultures, the way things are done, there are subcultures. And the example I was going to use today is, is let's, let's take family, where we see subcultures, and I'm sure um, Dr. Ruth has sub and subcultures with, with seven kids. Um, but you know, you have your upper management, the parents. Then you have your middle management culture, the teenagers. We have our, you know, our, our hands-on labors subculture, the children. That's who cleans you know, the toilets. With, 
and and so we have different cultures beneath a general culture. If you take an organization, you may be able to visit one, let's say one department, and that department is under the culture of the organization, but their subculture is thriving with energy and and and, and vitality while another department may be fulfilling the responsibilities and doing a good job, but the culture of that particular department can be heavy, if you will, and, and you know, not, not thrilling. So I just wanted to bring in some thoughts on subcultures. Or questions. <laughs> Because the subcultures are just as important as the general culture. So, go ahead. Who's go ahead? Whoever I was going to say talk. something. Go go for it. Real quick. Um, so I was teaching um, in my online school of profits maybe about two years ago about uh, the different representations of uh, types of ministry, and so I related it to you have like uh, in our town we have a biker church we have a cowboy church then we have yeah. you know a pentecostal apostolic baptist blah, blah 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 and so you're all we're all churches that are supposed to be you know speaking and preaching the word of god as written in the bible um but it's the way that things are done that creates a different culture so i mean uh, they you know the cowboy church may look a little out of place if one person came in to uh, let's say the Baptist church where they're singing, oh, hell, oh, Jesus name. You know, if they came in and they're, and they're, they're like, <laughs> you know, they're like, praise the Lord, saints, you know, they're coming in like that, you know, so they'll, you know, just, you know <laughs> so they're coming in and, and they'll stand out that they are not a part of that culture regularly. However, that subculture, however, however, they're a part of the great big culture, which is the culture of, uh, you know, that church culture, or in that case, because it's denominationalism, a religious culture or a religious sect. And so you have that, that you can use as tiers of culture. And I love it, guys, that you're watching because you're watching us pick this apart. There's so many different uh, forms of culture. We could go on. This is a very mm -hmm. huge topic. We could go on forever talking about um, just kind of giving you the skeletons of what will be shared uh, when the courses start in January, but we're just kind of doing some highlights. So to get your, to wet your whistle, get your appetite ready to, to buy in, you know? And so we just kind of want you to hear and comment, please comment, ask questions and ask, um, and, and give, give comments. Come on. Let's yeah. go with it. Go ahead, Dr. Henry. I'd like to, I'd like to hear from pastor Carlos because um, he represents cultures and subcultures, you know, being the associate pastor, um, of a uh, of a specific ethn ethnic Eth group, <laughs> yeah. You can teach me later. Ethnic group, uh, and 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 so I'd like to hear from him because there are a lot of different subcultures within that type of work that he does. I don't know if you you have something you could share. Of course, uh, we have a. Uh, uh, and many borders, I would even inside the Latin cultures, uh, because uh, not only because the different nationalities and came people with uh, different ways to do things, different ways to uh, to think uh, the cosmovision is different. Uh, but the, the the other thing in U.S., you you have the people uh, came from all Latin American. I know for the whole world, but uh, uh, thinking about this. There is a it is a, a big change with the adaptation uh, came uh, a, a huge change in in the way uh, they mix uh, part of the culture they came from to adapt to the new one. So we have a, a to ministry uh, people inside the U.S. We have a different type of even uh, between uh, Latin people. Uh, you have a, a different subcultures. And uh, you need to be open to work with, with that things. Uh, so uh, there is one reason because uh, the one reason for uh, the Lord uh, rise uh, different people in, uh, in different cultures. When, when Apostle, Apostle Paul says, I'm trying to uh, be mm -hmm. different in each group, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I don't mind my own culture, my own way of thinking. Uh, I adapt to your situation in order to reach, to reach you for the, for the Lord. So uh, we need to have elasticity on, on this. Uh, even uh, with, uh, with the Latin people in here, uh, even for the uh, economic uh, background of the people, you have a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the Latin people, uh, you cannot feel and uh, it's a border to, uh, to, to, to break uh, uh, the, 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 you know, antagonism uh, between uh, uh, just because you are a different nation. Uh, even uh, from the uh, people came from Mexico, we have a, a, a big population in California. Uh, the people came from Mexico. Uh, they they have a a, a a a different point of view about many uh, many things, even from the from the same country. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, adaptation, uh, flexibility, uh, understanding is a is a is a is a is a challenge that we need to uh, to take uh, if you if you want to uh, go over those uh, difference and uh, reach the people because. Uh, the Lord and us, we love people. Uh, we need to do whatever it takes to, uh, and this course is going to prepare us better to do the job. I, I want to ask something. So much of culture is thought of in the office space or inside of a building. So whether it's a ministry, whether it's a business, but with social distancing, um, with more people working from home from ever, more people working independently, than ever how much how important is it to create a culture within yourself in preparing for the new world a culture within yourself that allows you to adapt to that space because now it's again we're not all congregating where we have 300 people in a building anymore or even 25 or even 10 in a lot of cases so how important is it to create a culture within yourself that allows you the self-discipline, one, to show up in excellence, even if it may be behind a computer screen, whereas before you were going into an environment where you had to interact face-to-face? It's different now yeah, because everything is done digitally. If I go get to go first, then maybe I get to say it before Ruth Do does. <laughs> She always takes my words before I get to say them. But you know, I think one of the things I'll just mute her. <laughs> that's I'll bad culture, it. mister. I will never do that. <laughs> that is to- that's toxic culture, mister. <laughs> and, and, and negative group think. Forgive me. I, I, just... <laughs> I think one word that Pastor Carlos said that connects with what you're asking about, Joshua, is elastic- elasticity. You know, being able to stretch and fit that situation. You know, again, everything has culture. The supermarket you go to, whether it's one type of supermarket to another. And we are, we are in this, let's say, adapting world where we're not gathering in large groups. It could be easy to fall short of the excellence that we were taught to do because we're in front of everybody. So if we're going to maintain a culture of excellence, then we still need to do it in front of a computer screen or camera or whatever that might be, because the true culture is the, the excellence, not in the presentation of excellence, if, if, if that's clear, if, if I'm making myself clear. You know, it's one thing when we're in front of a crowd and we, and we make ourselves presentable as excellent. But we, you know how we always say, we're one thing maybe in front of people and we're another, the real you is the one at home. Well, now now it's just the real you at home. It's the real you on the job because you're doing the real world from home. And you. this is where we have to demonstrate, are we truly excellent? Are we truly passionate? Do we truly have compassion? Is that our culture? I want to, I'm going to, push pause really really quick not literally but on this conversation because something came to me you know we were uh dr henry spoke at word of god church on was saturday right 
Saturday? Wednesday. 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 Sorry, I don't even know what today is. <laughs> we do these meetings on Friday. <laughs> and we do this once a week, and I don't know what day it is. Oh, God. But there's when I, I, I just it just dawned on me that when we speak of kingdom, there's a lot of people that hear that word and feel they are not worthy of that looking at it like it's a status thing kind of like celebrity it's like a some people actually see kingdom as celebrity in the spiritual realm in other words there's a level like they look at it like levels of success can someone speak to people that may you know they didn't grow up in a you know they didn't grow up in an environment to think that a kingdom is some a kingdom is something that they fall down to, that they submit to, not that they rise into. Hmm. Can someone speak to that for somebody that may feel like they are below kingdom status? Mm-hmm. I heard somebody you say one time, <laughs> um, the, the the a definition of the kingdom of God is the rules and reigning. Of God, so the laws, if you will, the 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 that atmosphere, mm. that culture, that's one of God. Well, every kingdom, you know, I, I like, um, you know, the study of and and movies that you know go back to kings and and subjects. You know, they were everyone was a citizen of that kingdom, mm. and as believers, we are all citizens of the kingdom of God and each one with our assignments. And so, you know, you can start getting all fancy and say, well, this is my ministry or this is my, my organization. But if it's under the protection of the, of the governing laws of our King, then we're all part of that, of that kingdom. And I know that our people have more to say about that. So, yeah, I want to, Caroline, I'm going to direct, ask you a direct question is, could you look at the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, bringing heaven to earth? Could we, could we look at that as our own individual hero's journey, but hero's journey as in our journey with the Lord? Absolutely. The kingdom of God is so personalized because God is a personalized God. He is God to everybody, but he's also your heavenly father. And you cannot really say you belong to the kingdom until you have that personal encounter with God. Mm. And why is that so? Because as much as, you know, we might look at earthly kings and they seem so far away the opposite is with god amen wow he is so near he is so close that you don't need to go anywhere to have an (laughs) encounter with him right you don't need anyone to pray for you you just need to say i want to know you show yourself to me and he begins to speak because he is that He is the king of kings. He defies all these other kingdoms. I am sitting here right now in the United Kingdom. I've never shaken the hand of, you know, the queen. But I have conversations with the king of kings every day, anytime I want. I have access. And so for anyone who feels unworthy, I want to let you know that your unworthiness is something that you are believing on is a lie because Jesus paid it all. And he made, it, he made sure that it, there is nothing that you can do that can separate you from God. So anything that you name, the Bible says that Jesus has been given a name above every other name. And every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So anything that you can name that you have done and say, this is separating me from God. It has a name, right? That name has been put under the name of Jesus because his name is exalted above everything else. And he says, you know what? You believe in me. I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. I lead you to the Father. 
So all you need to believe to be part of the kingdom is to believe in Jesus. That's all. Sure. Secondly, once you have believed in the kingdom of God, every kingdom has people or citizens of the kingdom. You need to be connected. You need to be connected because within a community, there is something called social cohesion. You cannot operate on your own. You need others to thrive. Everything. Trees need other trees to thrive. Animals need other animals to thrive. If you look at, um, there was a beautiful, uh, I think it was a message that someone shared and I saw the post and there were two different types of trees. And one had a tap root and the other one had a root that extends. And it almost looked like the trees were greeting each other because they thrive in a forest. So as you are part of the kingdom, you are one tree and every other tree around you is there to support you with nutrients, different types of nutrients. You know, I come from a family of farmers and we grow different types of, of plants and we grow potatoes and we do rotational farming where this year you grow this kind of thing in this piece of land and then next year you have to grow something else. Otherwise, the soil loses its fertility. It's the same with us in the kingdom of God. So connectedness is one of the most important thing. Mm. And why people feel unworthy is because they have lacked a sense of belonging. And you can get a sense of belonging by beginning to be connected with people and then have some solidarity. And that is the culture of the kingdom of God. It's not the culture that we have created out of what we think. It's the culture that Jesus created right. in the Bible. So if you ever feel lost, go back to the Bible. Read. What does it say about connecting with others? The Bible says, do not forsake meeting of brethren, as some of us have done so and have lost our ways. So get connected. Mm -hmm. Amen. Wow. Yep. Can, can, can Dr. Ruth get... Um, mention or, or or bring here Romans 14 17 because I know we've talked about that the kingdom of God is you want to preach that I, I'm all I'm gonna say is the Bible talks about the kingdom of God being within you and when you think about kingdom it's king's domain the king's domain, where he rules. And that's what the kingdom of God is in the hearts of man. And how does the kingdom of God become set up in you? It's when you submit your will to his, you allow his sovereign power, his sovereign authority to super rule, to supersede whatever your thought process is, are mm -hmm. and whatever your idea is about life. You said, okay, I did not create myself so I am opening myself and relinquishing my authority to the one that created me. So the king of glory, you know, the Bible talks about this, and I believe it's uh, as Psalms. I can't remember the, the, the chapter, but who is the king of glory? The king of glory, the king that created us, when we submit our will and our authority to him, God the creator, that is how we experience the kingdom of God in our heart or what is called the basilea. That is the, the uh, Greek term for the word kingdom in the New Testament. It's the basilea. And kingdom is the sovereignty, the royal power, the rulership of God. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will never, will never force his authority on us although he could because he's creator. But what separates uh, God, from, uh, the most high God from humans, what separates the most high God from the enemy or what is known as the devil is because God does not, the most high God does not force himself. He says to open the door and I'll come in. I'm not going to kick it down. I'm not going <laughs> to force it. But when you allow, when you, when you move out of the way and allow him to work and operate through you. How do you do that? Second Timothy 2.15. You study the word of God for yourself. You understand what it is. 
like uh, Caroline says, you don't forsake yourself coming together with unbeliever, uh, with believers, rather, whether that's online, because if you can't meet in a local building or if that's in a local building, because iron sharpens iron, there's accountability there. There's encouragement there. Then the Bible tells you how can they hear without a preacher? You have to listen to someone that has just a little bit more authority in God. What does that mean? Just a little bit more knowledge, maybe just a little bit more training that God has led you to, I will give you pastors after my own heart that will feed you with wisdom and knowledge. Someone that God leads you to, to teach you wisdom on how to live life and will teach you what's in, what is in the word of God. That's the knowledge. Um, everything that pertains to life and how to live this life godly is in the word mm -hmm. of God and how you know what they're saying is correct because you have submitted yourself to studying the word of God. That's how the kingdom of God sets up authority or the king's domain, king's mm -hmm. house, king's territory in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. <clears throat> Go ahead, Carlos. Yeah, I would like to get, make a, a, a short uh uh, version of the of the whole Bible, uh, if uh, if uh, uh, kingdom has from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to Apocalypse of Revelation, uh, the kingdom has given us uh, from the from the King of King, uh, first given given to humanity, uh, chapter one, chapter two of Genesis. They not only create, they put His Spirit on, on us and give us a domain on this earth. But uh, we fell to God uh, in the person, the two people, the two first people. And then God started working the plan to uh, reestablish the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Millennials passed till the first coming of Jesus. So mm -hmm. I call him one of the names I, I, I give the Lord is the, the restore. Uh, restore restore yeah. everything. So the first yeah. thing, the first thing has been uh, the, the kingdom was lost, but the first thing God want to restore was the the the, the people, the person. Yes. The first coming yes. has the the old intention to restore the image of God in us. Yes. So, mm -hmm. Take taken for the uh, kingdom of the darkness to the kingdom of the light, the kingdom of Jesus. So this is the mm -hmm. first. And, the, and he promised the second coming. So in mm -hmm. the meantime, we have the big mission of share the gospel with everybody else in order to more people he has been restored. As mm -hmm. the image of God, Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 2. Yes. And then, and then when we finish our job, it's the second coming to restore everything else. God has the, his love on us. Jesus paid the price. We has been restored by Him, yes. and, mm -hmm. and then we are working uh, for Him uh, for um, for everybody else to uh, prepare uh, the, the, the we, are, we are working. Uh, even we don't know exactly when it's coming back, but uh, He will restore everything else. We will have the kingdom we lost at the beginning. We're gonna have this kingdom restored as the way of God plans from the beginning. And this is the second coming. And by the way, uh, I don't know why, why we, have, uh, we celebrate uh, uh, Christmas on the 25th. I propose to everybody, and when I talk about this, uh, 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 this aspect, uh, why uh, the, the, the December 30, uh, 31st instead of um, uh, the New Year's uh, parties and things like that, why uh, don't make uh, some... Uh, uh, in, in our in the meetings, uh, talk about that the thirty first. It's the twenty five of December. We make uh, the first coming at the thirty first. We can make uh, some reminder to our family, to our churches, to our business, to our people about the second coming because you can't separate one another. It's a culture separate that. Uh, mm -hmm. in, 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 so uh, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's just from the beginning we have a kingdom. At the ending, we we going to have the kingdom restored. Amen. Can I tie a couple things together before yeah. we run yeah, run out? Minutes. Because Knock um, it out. 
one of the things that, that Dr. Ruth said, the kingdom of God is, is within us. When that also means among us. There's in that Greek, it means within us and among us. We are all part of that kingdom. And we're all created to be part of that kingdom. It's that restoration when we accept, as I believe mm-hmm. Caroline was saying in essence, once we accept that we are restored into his kingdom. And so the kingdom is within me, but then it's within us. We are, we are those ones that make up the kingdom of God. And um, in reference to Romans 14, 17, it, it simply says, and, we, and it's all done by his spirit, right? His spirit is, in, in essence, he says, the kingdom of God is righteousness. The kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is joy, joy. because that's what his spirit mm-hmm. brings to us. So whether, you know, there's no reason to not feel worthy because we were all unworthy until Jesus paid the price for that restoration. And so we have the right to be within, to be righteous In other words, I can say I'm righteous, not because of what I do, not because of what I've done, but because of what our king has done for us. He has declared us, you're free, you're right, and you have peace and you have joy. And it's that that balance, that, that, that challenge for us to live in that culture. One of the things as, as, as um, a missionary, if you will, in Honduras and and having people come from different cultures, especially U.S., a lot of times they would want to share something, speak on something that really was culturally related to where they came from, not necessarily culturally related to where we were in Honduras. That's okay. It's a good word applied to that specific culture. But when, we, when it's the true culture of the kingdom of God, it's going to fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because we're all, thought, we're all in line with the same principles. Is that, is that why? Correct. I can, we can share on something that may be very Texas culturally related. And we Boomer can sir. use the word of God, right? And it's true. But if it doesn't fit in um, Oklahoma since those are the states we're representing here right now in California, California is totally different. That it's okay, but that's not the, the, how how can I say the purest of the culture of the kingdom of God, because the purest culture of the kingdom of God will affect benefit and, 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 and um, bring value to everyone. No matter where you are, no matter what your subculture is, the kingdom of God culture fits that. We change our culture, we begin to change our future. When we adapt to the kingdom of God culture, we begin to change everything. We've talked about this a lot, too, that the kingdom principles work for everyone. (laughs) I mean, the principles to follow. And establishing that to me is very, very universal uh, in nature. Like there's no, it doesn't matter if you're in Africa or the United Kingdom or Mexico or California or Oklahoma, kingdom principles are as about as universal as it gets. And to me, if we we were even ruled uh, with with our government, our leaders, if they ruled by kingdom principles, we would have a much different looking world right now. That's why I voted for Kanye. So Kanye 2024. Oh, Lord. He he ran on kingdom principles. He he literally ran on the principles established by God. That's why I voted for him. So, and I thought that was very, very important. I knew he wasn't going to win, but I thought that that was important. How are you shaking your head? We can't talk about politics. Never mind. You know what? I was telling, no, literally, listen, listen, if you want to divide a room quicker than anything, start talking about politics. I, I, did a po- I did a podcast a month ago, and I told the people in the podcast, I said, look, your, your, your choice is your voice, and that's your choice. No one can tell you who to vote for. Now, I knew who I was voting for based on how 
the Lord convicted me and I told the people to pray because I have seen, witnessed and been even a part of, and that's when I, I studied and I said, okay, Lord, how much difference will this make if I argue a certain point? And the Lord was like, follow after peace. And yeah. so if you want to divide a room, you start, especially in this climate, if it is not know, worth it, you, don't do it. You know do why, not do it. Dr. And Ruth? It, it creates you know a negative politics, culture too. Yep, because there is no government that is correct except the government of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to talk politics, there's only one political view that is going to be universal, and that's the, the kingdom of God. Because it's the government of God. That's it right. Is. That's right. That's right. And I dis mm -hmm. I discussed that. Um, and we could we could go on and on um, talking about all these topics. It's just the skin and bones of everything. And I like to keep saying that because I want people to know it, this is, and, and that's why it, it's so much more than a course because you that would be a five year plus course if we would condense it into one because it's so much and there's so many different perspectives with the truth there and um so we want to uh we want you guys to just be watching out for the advertisement where you can become a part of what we're doing as far as learning deeper and how to affect the culture in your ministry your church your business or wherever you have influence and leadership mm-hmm well, that's why we're calling the society a group of kingdom mind. It's not about somebody except the only somebody. And we can all bring those different cultures, all those kingdom thinking understandings together and glorify God in it. And, and, and I think that's, that's why this is a good thing. Well, and the, the thing too that I've, in my own little journey here that I've learned is that we're never going to master this, like this work. It's kind of yeah. like reading the Bible, like what this course is and what we're doing with this course. It's not something that you do one time, you get a certificate and it's like, you're on your way, you're set. It's something that you dive back into because there's layers with every principle, even with truth, there's layers to it. There's depth to it and mm -hmm. the understanding changes. And so it's something that I, what I love about this work is that it never ends. They, when I did a bunch of emotional intelligence work, you know, they, they, one of the things that they said over and over again, and it's true, is that the work never stops. Mm -hmm. but the cool thing is, is that the, everything that we're applying to this course, the way it hits or the way it lands or the way that you understand it, I think, changes over time. Um, and that's mm -hmm. been in my own experience. And, you know, and so I, what is that? Let's close out with this. Like, what is that the same experience for you guys? As you said, knowledge is progressive. Revelation is progress, especially in the scripture. Oh my Lord. The, the scripture is the, the, there's uncovering and God allows us to uh, ascertain, comprehend, and be illuminated to what we can handle at that stage in life. And the more we read a scripture, there's, you know, if you, you read this one passage over and over again, I can guarantee you that if you allow yourself every time you read it, every time you dig through it, every time you pick up aids to help you un, uh, to get more knowledge out of it, you will literally learn something different every time mm -hmm. because knowledge That's is true. progressive. You build upon foundation, layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And anything, of course, we've discussed in our one of our other uh, uh, broadcasts, anything that is not changing, progressing, evolving, and growing is dead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're always changing. Absolutely. And because we're changing, our perspective changes. And so the next time we go back, we understand it from that new perspective of the change that has taken place within us. Caroline, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, uh, I wanted to end by saying that within the kingdom of God, there's two types of knowledge. There is knowledge that you acquire because you read, because you listen to something. 
And then there is knowledge that is always changing because, of course, the knowledge that you acquire also changes, but it changes because somebody got a revelation. And the revelation comes from the king himself, the king of kings. Mm -hmm. And as the Bible says, you know, his kingdom has no end. And that's why mm -hmm. if you look at scientists, they will tell you, especially those who study space and all that, they will tell you there's a new star or there's a new galaxy that they have found. And they are always finding these new galaxies. And I believe they are finding these new galaxies because God is still creating. So when God says, let there be art and let's, let there be this and let there be that, he's continuing. It's not that he created and rested and that's it. He continues to create and knowledge increases. And so as we um, bring this to you, we are bringing knowledge that is fresh. We're not going back to the archives and drawing through. Of course, we have a reference point, but we're looking at the word of God, but we are also speaking from revelation, which is the infinite knowledge of God. So as God reveals it to us, we share this. Amen. Amen. Pastor Carlos, do you have anything, Dan? Uh, uh, just a uh, a really uh, invitation to everybody who is watching the, uh, uh, this conversation uh, to make um, to make plans uh, to get into the first quarter. Uh, once you'll be there, uh, you wanna you wanna follow. Uh, the, you're gonna ripe uh, a very very wonderful harvest for your own heart and for the heart of the people around you. Mm -hmm. Well said. Dr. Henry. Uh, no, I'm going to let you close us out, man. I think we, right. we did pretty good. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, this has been a lot of fun as always. I, I always take so much from this. I hope you guys enjoyed everyone that's watching out there live or in mm. the replay. Um, feel free to share this with your friends. And, you know, we're really excited about uh, the completion of this course. We still have more work that we get to do. Um, but this has been this is going to be very, very special, and uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. It's, I'm just, I take so much away from this every week, and I'm so blessed for each and every one of you, and so grateful for all of your time. You guys enjoy your weekend, and uh, God bless you. still have a couple more on, on culture. Yeah, right? I'm excited yeah, about it. Yeah, okay. So we'll see you next Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. God bless. Take care. God bless you. Bye-bye. Not for now.